Hello, Steelers Nation Radio, and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, Arthur Motes and I continue to yap about Steelers who have big years ahead of them in 2021. We'll talk about some potential cap casualties. We will continue our running back conversation that we touched on earlier on in the week. And it is a Thursday on the show, so you know that means we will also have our weekly check-in with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get it started. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Tuesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. What you should know by now is if you want to chime in anytime during the show, you can hit us up on the dot com. I'm talking the Twitter dot com at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. What up, cousin? Man, you know, living my best life another day in the land of the living. And that's always a great day for me, baby. It's always a great day to be alive, Arthur Motes. And we got plenty to discuss. So let's jump right in it here. Uh, You know, earlier on in the week on Tuesday, you and I had a, a lot of running back conversation, right? We did. We I did. think particularly the, the three big names that we discussed. Um, are Javante the big... Williams, yep. uh, Travis Etienne, and then Najee and Harris. Najee Harris. Absolutely. Those are you know, the, the big names I think that everybody is discussing at running back. But as I was thinking about this um, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, in the last, last two days, last day and a half, mm-hmm. whatever, Motsi, really kind of just thinking about what is the right way to address what we know the Steelers – have in areas of shortcomings on the offense, right? Particularly as it relates to the run game. I'm thinking about this and how that works, how that coincides with what happens with Ben Roethlisberger, mm, right? Yes. Like if you bring him Ben back for one more year, mm-hmm. are you trying to have all these young rookie new guys surrounding you know, him, surrounding right. Ben for his last year? Are you trying to have a more veteran laden group, or are you, you know? most likely ideally somewhere in between right Correct. a yes. mix of, a mix of young new blood as well as some veteran guys that you know what you're doing there yep. so i started to think about again as this relates to more, mostly to the offense and to the run game continuing on that conversation that we had earlier in the week i thought about some guys who are available from outside of the draft mm. okay okay yeah so free agent running backs or guys who have been right. shopped around on the trade block so Arthur Motes, I got a little game for you here to get hey started now. today. Right? We love games, don't we? Come on, man. Games and shiny objects, they get me going. <laughs> a little game to get us started today. Uh, I'm going to give you a name of an established running back in the National Football League yes. who is either available on the trade market or a free agent. Okay. And you tell me, would you rather have that guy uh-huh. or one of the three rookies that we've discussed? Correct. Okay? In terms of your Javante Williams, your Najee Harris, or your Travis Etienne. Correct. I like this. Correct. Let's, let's go then, Mr. Okay. Mr. Big Chest. All right, let's do it. And I think, to be fair, too, right, obviously, i put this caveat out there because sometimes we do this the opposite way. But I think in this conversation, as it pertains to right now and what mm-hmm. we're doing, 
money should be a factor. Yes? Money is definitely a okay, factor. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm glad we're on the... Sometimes when you and I do people these cheat. conversations... Yeah, they're going to cheat otherwise. Who would you rather... And yeah. we'll, we'll say leave the money out of it. Just who would right. you rather? But this, I think you have to factor that Absolutely. in, certainly. Because leaving the money out of conversations that we have as it pertains to guys already on your roster is a different conversation. There are multiple right. ways you can adjust right. and make the numbers work. But when it comes to free agents... Listen, I don't care how much we love or how much we want to talk about, oh, yeah, throw the money out, throw the money out. It's certain players we know for a fact are going to command a lot more money than we could ever dream of offering them right now. Yes. So, yes, without a doubt, I am glad we're on the same page here, baby. Very good. Yes. Very good. No need for the duality of man Not so far at today. all. Uh, Motsi, the first one, I was thinking about scrapping this from my list here because I thought that's too obvious. But then when I started to think about the money, I thought maybe not. Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Would you rather trade for Christian McCaffrey or draft one of the young rookies uh, in April? For me, I'm drafting a young rookie in April because of the money. I don't want to pay McCaffrey that knowing that within the next two to three years, I'm either going to be having to draft my franchise quarterback or I'm going to have to go out there and pay for my franchise quarterback or best case scenario, it's Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. Right. And I still got to compensate them yeah. because in two years, their money is going to be ready. So, that, that's why, for me, I think that I could get really good value with any of the three backs that we've already talked about in terms of your Travis Etienne, in terms of your Javante Williams or your Najee Harris. I think any of those three can come in and be very effective and would cost you know a fraction of that yes. money. So I could use that money that I would be paying for McCaffrey to upgrade other positions, even yes. if it doesn't happen this season, right? Say we can't get every – say we get, you know, running back and a left tackle this year, but we don't get center and you guard. You still got some wiggle room still got going wiggle forward. Room. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, man? I'm with you. It's tempting just because of – we know He's how talented so dynamic, he is. though. Gosh. Um, still only 24 years old as yeah. well, too. And but, relatively healthy for the most part. Right, now, obviously, this, this past season was the first time we've really seen him deal with injuries like that. But, yeah. He's a guy, Arthur Motes, uh, in 2019 when he was completely healthy, over 400 touches, over 2,300 yards from scrimmage. But Unreal, I, man. I, I'm with you. It's 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 tough. I mean, for a guy who scored 19 touchdowns as well, too. 19. But it's just that's that's huge money to be paying to and, a running back. And it's a back. running back. And we know at the running back position, number one, they get hit every play. Number two, their shelf life is the lowest out of mm-hmm. any position in the mm-hmm. NFL. You might only get three or four more good years out of it. Absolutely. And think about this with McCaffrey. What is he? He is a speed back, right? Everything that he does is predicated on his ability to run faster than a defender to make defenders miss. Once that starts to decrease, he no longer becomes this very this That's dynamic back. It's a great point. So to me, I maybe just, a lot like Lev Bell in that regard. It, it, seriously, yeah. you see how quick it can happen. Yeah, we talked about as, as much as we love L. Bell and as much as we talk about L. Bell and his dominance here. It was only a two and a half year run if you really think about it. Year one, Liz Frank foots here, right? Year two. He balls out, but he gets hit at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Year three, hurt at the beginning of the season, comes back towards the end. Year four is when he has the four and it touches and balls the, out. The, the Absolutely. Year, yeah. Absolutely. And then after that, we had the uh, the tag, and we know everything that played after that. Mm-hmm. But literally, it, it, was, it was really a two quick. and a I mean, half. It, can... it was literally two and a half years of dominance, but we think of it as this six, seven, eight, and it wasn't. No. So when I think same of that. Same with Zeke Elliott. Yeah, too, exactly. Zeke thing. is the exact same. People think of Zeke. Oh, man, this run. It's like, he did, but just. Think about the years in on the it. context of it, yeah. that, that is not if for, for the amount of money they paid him. 
for that short window of productivity? No, man, that's right. not good business, and, and, baby. And, and particularly at other skill positions, yes. right? I mean, mm-hmm. look at all that. Look at all that the Chiefs are getting out of Kelsey, yes. right? I mean, look what the Falcons have gotten out of Julio Jones. Absolutely, like that's when you're paid like that. You need that longevity. That longevity becomes big. I agree. Uh, so we're both saying draft over McCaffrey. Yes, Aaron Jones. Now Free he's agent, by the way. Now yes, he's interesting because of this um, conf- conflicting views on his market. We know that Green Bay offered him a very substantial deal that he turned down, but it was because of lack of guaranteed money. It's very similar to the situation that happened with L. Mm-hmm. Bell here in Pittsburgh. Oh, there's that name cropping up again. But the scenario, the reason why it's unique is the way the running back market is currently set. Derrick Henry, remember, he was the one that that recently got his deal, right? He yes. recently said it again, right? He wasn't a part of the McCaffreys or the um, – Oh man, who was who? Uh, T- Todd Gurley's and stuff. Todd he wasn't Gurley, a part yep, of that group. Yep. They got paid, right? This is a part of the reset. Even Kamar, right? This is a part of the new market. The okay, you're not on their level. He got ten a year, right? Close, ten but a year. Not, a, very. It's like that rare. There's only a couple of those like middle class running, backs. right? Right. So Derrick Henry fell kind of upper echelon middle yes. though, because yes. he's not the Camara type, right? And he, right? He's not the McCaffrey say. Now, we know he's he's a beast in his own right. Offensive player of the year. But he doesn't give you but that extra element. Absolutely. Yeah. So when, we, when we're thinking of that and he got 10, Aaron, let's be real with Aaron. We know these past two years have been his better years. He's definitely been, you know, as productive as he's been. But at the same time, you still have questions around him. Can he continue to do that? Mm-hmm. Is this more just, you know, outlier than the, than the norm for him? So that's why I think when you talk about his market, I've seen it where he was in the $13 million range, but I've also seen him in the $6 million right, range. Right, And that's because of, number one, how the running back position is valued across the NFL. That's true. But number two, because of some of those things, knowing that the guy that just reset the market got 10, is Aaron Jones a better player no. than Derrick Henry? That's what you no. have to ask yourself. Can Derek? If I'm if I'm gonna pay for one of these two guys, who would I pay more for? I'm paying more for Derek. Oh, without there's most there's probably only one or two running backs in the league that we would take over. Seriously, Derek Henry. so I think that's a big reason why I think Aaron Jones is potentially gonna be in that market now. Mm. Since it's Pittsburgh, the reason I would have to say draft is because knowing that they've already said that Ben is coming back. Money, money, money. So when we know that. And we know that at least twenty two point five is already allocated to him before he gets a dime. We don't have a lot of money. No, we don't. And we have a lot of needs. Not to be spending double digits on a running back. Absolutely. So that's why for me, factoring that element of it, I would have to go draft one of these younger guys that are going to be drastically cheaper. Even though I think Aaron Jones is better than any of the three yes. next year. He'll yes. be better than any of those three backs next year. I just don't well think said. you know it's worth the money to pay him that because that gap even though he's going to be better, it's not a big gap between them. I agree. And he's going to be 27 years old this yes. year, Moti, which is right about that sweet spot and age you know, for running backs. You know why I like Javante? Because he's only 20 years old. Exactly. Mm. That's what we call a yeah. three-contract guy, maybe. Yes, indeed. Arthur Moats, rookie in the draft or Leonard Fournette? I like Leonard. I, I would go Leonard because I think, I think he's be cheap. I think he's going to be cheap as well. I, I think that, now, granted, he's going to cost more than the what one point two five that he signed yes. to go to Tampa with. Yes. But I don't see him but being way less more than, than Aaron Jones. I would I, think five million max. I max. think three point two five four million. I think in that range is is for Leonard, and that's him coming off with Super. But what you have to remember, he wasn't even the main guy down there. Ronald Jones really stepped up and surprised a lot of us because remember when he first came, we were like. 
oh, what you mean Leonard Fournette's not going to be the starting back? Mm-hmm. He's got to be the starting back. <laughs> but Ronald Jones showed that, hey, he could produce at a big and just high level. So I think that that will factor into Leonard Fournette's market being less than he expects it to be which would put him right in range for us. And he is a complete back. He's a, what, top 10 pick, you know, a couple years ago fourth and things overall. like that, fourth overall. And we saw the flashes of it this year. It wasn't like he was in Tampa and, and sucked. That wasn't the case. Nope. Lack he of, just had it. He just had, yeah. It was, it one, was, one ball and a lot of, one, uh, one bone and a, a lot of dogs down there A ton of talent, a ton of mouths <laughs> to feed. Yeah. But you think about his last year in Jacksonville, was one of his his best uh, in terms of productivity, both as a runner and as a catcher. I was going to say, he's caught the ball Absolutely. the last two years much better than he did his first two, three years in the league. Absolutely. And I just like his toughness. Playing against him, I like his toughness. That's, he is a tough guy. That's where I was going to say, too. Mm-hmm. He fits the... AFC North. Oh, without a doubt. The December football. You know, he would, when it's cold and it's nasty out. Leonard Fournette coming here would be the equivalent of when Mark Ingram went to Baltimore. It Yahtzee. would be just like that. Yahtzee. Where it's like they fit that they fit the division perfect. I don't care like, if it's 20 degrees out. I'm going to break your face. It, absolutely. Try and stop me. Yep. Built for it, mentality. And you know, I don't even like Baltimore. I don't even like to ever speak on a Baltimore player highly. But just think about his impact when he got there. That's, to me, what Fournette could do if he were to come here. I agree, Arthur Motes. I agree. Next name on the list. If you're just joining us here and you're not and you're uh, maybe unsure what's going on, Arthur Motes and I are kicking around uh, some free agents, some running backs who would are you available. Rather, would, would you, you rather, rather? Would you rather have some of these veteran free agent running backs or would you rather get Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, uh, Williams, one of those guys in the draft? Chris Carson, Arthur Motes. Hmm... I, I think I'm going to say draft just because of the injury history. That's what scares he's me. He's coming off of an injury right now. I know. And he, the last couple years, when he's well, healthy, yeah. he's great. But when he's when he's banged up, which he has been a little too much, because he, so it's we've funny seen that a little bit already so, with our feature back these last couple so years. So I was going to say it's funny. Um, I'm going to say similar things about Chris Carson that I'm going to say about another back that's probably on your list is coming off of an injury. Okay. Um, he should be up there, right? Does his first name start with a P? No, it starts with an M. Mark? Marlon. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe you were talking about Philip Lindsay. Ah, so I was going Mark, uh, Marlon, uh, Marlon Mack mm-hmm. over at, yeah. That's a good one. Because he's coming off of an injury as well. But the, the thing that I was going to say is the difference is. They have two other running backs in they have two as well. A, yeah, absolutely. But Marlon, it was his first injury. Whereas right. Chris. It's been multiple right now. Correct. And, and that, Marlon Mack is only he's young. It's like his third year. I mean, year. I guess Chris is only two years older. It's not yeah. that much of a difference. But Marlon Mack is is younger. I mean, when we're, when we're counting running back years, that, hey, that they, is they matter. <laughs> yes, they're yes. like dog years. I was going to say March, what? You know? <laughs> yes, indeed, they do matter. Yes, they do. <laughs> that running back at twenty seven versus twenty five. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! Wait a second! Wait, big hey, fella. hey, hey! Wait a second, big fella. So, so yes, it definitely does matter. But um. As it pertains to Chris Carson, like you said, the the just multiple injured seasons. And it's, it was flirting with Lev Bell-style injuries as well in terms of lingering or, you know, you're, you're missing more than just one or two games, four games, five. Like, just a little bit too much, you know. And I honestly just don't think that – he's a good player, don't get it wrong, but I don't think that he is better than a Najee Harris right now. I agree. I think that Najee comes in, he's better than him, or at least in the conversation, being better than him day one. I, I definitely agree. think Travis Etienne is better than him. I think Javante obviously would have to do a little bit more just because he's 
you know, the the, the, the smaller frame. There's certain things that he's going to have to pick up on in terms of pass blocking and things like that right. that Najee and that Chris Carson are already doing at a right. high level. So that's that's the big thing for me. But ultimately, I would rather draft one of these younger guys than pay Chris Carson. ESPN predicting that Marlon Mack signs with the Giants to back mm. up Saquon Barkley. You got uh, numbers on that? <laughs> can, we get, can we get some odds we, on can that? We get some numbers? We'll, take a, we'll take a look during the break. Yeah. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Two back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons to start his NFL career and then a little plagued by injuries last year. Yeah. Still a decent year, but not the same as his first two years. <sighs> Full transparency, I'm not a Philip Lindsay guy. I'm not really he, he's, either. He's just kind of like lukewarm water when I watch him. Him and Melvin Gordon, they remind me of the same, like, they're undersized, not really explosive, not really fast, not really the most elusive, effective, productive, doesn't really pass the eyeball test. I never feel like I have to game plan for those guys. Yes, And to me, if I'm going to go out here and pay a running back in free agency, I'm thinking that this is going to be my guy. I want people to, you know, have a little bit of fear in him. I want them to respect him a lot more. I respect Mark Ingram's game a lot more than I respect Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon's game. And I've had the opportunity to play against these guys. It's just it's not the same. And that's same what you need in this division. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're not they're they're not a guy, either one of them, that for four quarters are gonna wear you down. Yes. You you, you know what I mean? Right. It might be the opposite, in a- fact. A- absolutely. You're and and, and less that's typically what it's quarter. been. For especially Melvin Gordon, that's typically how it's first, been. First half, Phil makes yeah, some absolutely. Nice Second half, it, a it changes. Worn down. Yeah. So to me, knowing that, I would much rather draft a guy because their market is still going to be, you know, a little bit higher than what I want to pay just off of their names and their accolades. But I don't think that they fit this division and what we're trying to do as a team. I agree. Uh, last one for you, Motsi. You I know, like we this. talked a little bit about Marlon Mack. Talked a little bit about Mark Ingram. How about another guy cut from that same cloth? Another hey AFC North guy. Gus Edwards. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Gus, all right now. And he, in Gus, theory, Gus has a lot right. of tread left on those tires Gus. because he's been used sparingly. He's been part of a rotation, a two-man and a three-man. Like 25 years old. Oh, gosh. Why you stop bringing up Baltimore <laughs> players? God, dog. Never had more than two. Never had – he's had uh, – only had over 150 touches once in his career. 139, 140, and 153 in terms of touches. I mean, that's a nice, cheap, cheap option because you're going to get him for crumbs. Yes. You would get him for crumbs. Absolutely. You could get him for like a uh, like a Leonard Fournette type, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I guess my question is, oh, mm-hmm. man. I mean, dude, he's nice, though. <laughs> But do you think he could come in and be the guy, though? Um, now that's a good question. Because we never saw him be question. the guy. He was never the guy in Baltimore. He that's was always a part of rotation. Good, that's a very good question. And my fear is this. I've seen mm. Mark Ingram be the guy, or at least the alpha in a rotation multiple locations. He was the alpha in New Orleans when Kamara was there. He was the alpha in uh, Baltimore up until this last year when uh, J.K. got there. Correct. I've never seen Gus be the alpha, though. And here he would That's have to be the point. alpha. He would have to be the alpha. If you're bringing him in, That's I'm not comfortable with that just yet. Maybe, uh, you know. No, some, I think that's well said. Yeah, like some people will look at him and be like, hey, I, I think he can project that. I personally, I, 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 don't, I don't think he can. 
And I'm maybe nervous the, about it. Maybe the ideal scenario, right, is you could get a rookie running back and still and get him still get cheap. Gus I mean, you on get a cheap. one, one, two, five, one, five ish. You know what I mean? You're golden. You Absolutely. Pair him with a, with a guy like Williams. And Absolutely. And then not only set. that, but it brings competition into that running back room for Benny Stanley, Anthony McFarland, Absolutely. which we want because they're still two good running backs in their own right. Mm-hmm. But they got to raise their game. And bringing competition in there, we've seen that elevates your game. There is nothing that's going to get you to play better than when you walk in there and you're like, oh. All right, it's five of us in here, but it's only three permanent chairs, huh? All How right. this gonna work? I better shape up. A- a- exactly. I better bring. My, I better yeah. bring my A game every day. Happens fast. <laughs> um, and and speaking of guys who are gonna be released, guys who are gonna be available, Arthur Motes. We got the news yesterday. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Released. Speaking of competition. Uh-huh. Speaking of, of positions. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph released by the Vikings. Of course, the uh, the talented tight end. Um, All pro, pro bowler. That you and I actually talked about, remember, two weeks ago when uh-huh. we were talking about the Cam Hayward and how yep. he was one of the guys that was rumored to the Steelers before they ended up drafting Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm. Any uh, thought on kicking the tires on this guy? He's interesting because obviously he's older, but he is. He's 33. 33. I think. 33, but very, very consistent in terms of his catching ability. Yes. Something that we've honestly lacked in the tight end position. He'll be since 32 this year. I'm trying to think. We've probably lacked in the tight end position since Jesse James. You could really make it a case for even Heath Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do like the sure fact hands, of having man. a sure-handed guy. He's very. I mean, at this stage in his career, he's going to be similar to like Heath. More possession. He's not running by anybody, but he's a combat catch guy. He's going to make every catch that you have to make, which I love because we've seen what it looks like when they're not making those catches. Yes. And ultimately how it can throw off the rhythm in the offense and stuff like that. Now – from a blocking standpoint, he's not going to give you much there. He can get in your way, <laughs> but you know that's not what he's. That's not his, that's not his forte. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to it. But it would have to work with the numbers, though. Yes. And it's interesting because, like I said, we still have Eric Ebron. But what are your thoughts on Eric Ebron? I mean, I feel like he was kind of a mixed bag. We knew he had drop issues coming into this, coming into the contract here. Right. But it definitely showed up, and for some reason, we act like we forgot that. Yes. Until it started happening. They were like, whoa, what's happening here? It's still away. You're not supposed to drop anything. Correct. So when I'm thinking of that, I'm just like, all right. Mm. And you're looking at the numbers with from a contract standpoint, even though Ebron's numbers are at the going rate for tight ends, his cap number is a little bit higher. His cap, I think, is like the third highest for tight ends right now. So it makes you want to, you know, you think about it. All right. I mean, if, if, if you think it's a straight swap and it saves you money in that regard, mm-hmm. I that that you know what we've talked a lot Ebron's about because Ebron's definitely the better athlete. Yes, yes. Oh, I think without but, a doubt. But Kyle is the better receiving tight end. I he catches say, the ball at a higher clip. Like Ebron, I think definitely has a higher ceiling. Yes, but Rudolph's floor is higher. Yes, if that indeed. makes sense. Yes, right? indeed. Yeah, that you know we've discussed a lot of these different. Uh, e- Ebron could, flirts with the p could, word. Could they be the, the whole potential oh, thing? No. And our, that's the part our, that makes me our nervous. Least favorite word. It makes me nervous because how long have we been talking about Ebron ceiling? Mm-hmm. I mean, since Detroit. Yeah, let's be real. So that uh, since that year with Andrew Luck, and, where he lit right? It up. And he makes you, it makes you ask yourself, okay, well, at what point does potential become you know a bad word? More more of a, a fantasy, and this just becomes who this person is. Correct. Great. I mean, he could be a really good player, but it's going to be inconsistent catching the ball. Hopefully, it doesn't bite you, you know, in a critical situation. But do you want to live like that? Hmm. Arthur Motes, uh, last three years for Kyle Rudolph, catch percentage, okay? So when he's targeted, mm-hmm. 
Last year caught 76% of the passes thrown his way. Mm-hmm. 2019, 82% of the passes thrown his way. 2018, 78% of the Have passes a day, young man. thrown his way. That's uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, for example, that number for Uh-oh. Eric Ebron Oh, this man, year see, I knew I oh, Lord. Oh. 61%. Oh, Lord. Last year it was 59%. So you can see the difference there. But again, like Arthur Moat said, now if I went down this list and I looked at, you know, the uh, the biggest gains. Right, right, had, right. Like Eric Ebron, I'm sure, It'll has blow away, much right? longer completions. Yards after catch. Yards after catch. Much yes. better than Kyle Rudolph. So that is the balance of what you want. It's Those are a lot of what yeah. the discussions were laid around but you this know time what it, of the year. It, 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 it was no different than late in the year, Deontay Johnson and Juju. Yeah, absolutely. Deontay Johnson, we know if he gets the ball in his hands, what he's capable of. But we also knew it was 50-50 in terms of him mm-hmm. catching that ball. Juju, you knew he was going to catch the ball. But he was going to be a little bit more limited in terms of making guys miss, being able to go to the house and things like that on a consistent basis. And we saw how they mm-hmm. played it out. It, it more so went back to what? We're going to go with reliable hand Juju, and Deontay, Correct. you'll get whatever's left. Though We can see the shift in terms of when Deontay went from being the focal point of the offense to when they started running that offense through Juju. This is a similar situation where, you know, you have that show of like, all right, yes, he's more dynamic, but this guy's more consistent in terms of doing the fundamental part first. You can't give me the home run play if you don't catch the routine play first. You know what I mean? Like, you got to first catch the ball. Right. Then you can do what you do. But once again, at which stage Mm. do we stop, you know, expecting that to happen? Right. At what stage do we just go off the sample size, the body of work that we have? Because instead the, of the, the, the sample the size has steadily been increasing. <laughs> it's, it's not a small sample no size. chicken anymore. All right. I'm like, is this, is this another year? Another year of added to the sample size? And yeah, you heard the number. The number actually was worse this year than it was a year ago. I'm just like, all right, wait a minute. Oh, Arthur Motes, we're going to continue along the lines of this conversation later on in this edition of the Steelers Blitz because... We've got some more cap conversations to have. A lot of talk around Vince Williams and Joe Hayden, what their uh, spot on the Steelers roster next year means from a cap standpoint, how that could affect everything going on with the offense and with Ben Roethlisberger. We will discuss that before we get out of here today. But up next, we get to our good friend of the show, Brian Backo. He covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette, and he will join us on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.